Clitus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the, the hell mean Thanksgiving hour. <laughs> to the show episode number 23 celebrating some thanksgiving we picked two of the best well-known thanksgiving movies known to man to cover <laughs> for this occasion yeah jaja gabor is in both of them right uh she brought her role back for the second because she did this such a great job in the first one yeah so uh you got her you got uh, lee van cleef i mean these are classics man you can't you can't turn down the only thing is be any better is we covered maybe jaws 3 for this occasion, because it's, you know, it ties specifically into Thanksgiving. What about George Went? What about George Went? <laughs> I love him in these movies. I mean, you wouldn't expect it because he's such an unsung kind of guy, but well, him he really and, him and Pat Morita, Pat Morita and himself make a really good team, you know, when they're hunting down that renegade shark. Oh, yeah. And then there's the Cobra Venom. <laughs> he said, all you got. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right, folks. We'll be right back for the Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Hail Ming Power Hour is brought to you by Pig Burgers. Everybody wants some. We want some too. And loyal subjects of Mongo like you. Hail Ming. Hey, hey. Welcome back. Going to talk about one of my personal favorite movies. Danny didn't quite grow up with this one like I did, but I love this movie. To talk about the incredible movie Demons, we got some special guests. We, look, we the also special guest up on the marquee. Yeah, also special guest. <laughs> so joining <laughs> us, our brother from Texas. He's wearing a, a big Indian headdress today to celebrate Thanksgiving. We got Mr. Johnny Krug back with us. What's up, brother? Oh, man. Uh, not, not much, man. Thanks for having me. I almost almost went into the whole uh, Native American call, but then I decided I, I wanted to keep listeners on my show. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's, you know, but it's impressive the neck strength you have that you can carry that. I mean, I know it's feathers and all, but man, it looks heavy. Well, I've had it shellacked. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I had a shellacking this week, too. The gentleman you hear laughing in the background is our good buddy. We haven't had him on the show before, but we're excited to have him. Mr. Court Psyops from Cinema Psyops. What's going on, brother? I feel like a guy that should have been in an opening band that got invited on stage with the real rock stars at the end of the show to play one song. This is awesome. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but You're too uh, yeah. kind. Yeah, of course. You really a, are. He's got a fantastic show that uh, I listen to pretty regularly, so uh cover a lot of the same movie types. Uh, we got a lot of the same loves for movies and stuff, so it just felt, felt natural to have him on. You guys probably heard him a while back, too, when we did our popcorn and what was the other one? April Fool's Day episode. Yeah. He actually did the uh, the synopsis for us for both of those movies, and they were excellent. You can if not call- a little long. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Danny's the one that said that. You know, he's he's kind of a critique on that kind of stuff. So I, I, I didn't was say up, that. They were, they I, were I, long, but yeah. I was I was gonna say I was taking up too much time for him to say go uh, buy a bag go home in a box. <laughs> yeah, you knocked about. I three did have of those a quota. <laughs> I had a, I had a few of those to say, and you know I I think I think when I did the Ringo Starr uh, Howling two when it was it was one of those two where I was like man am I still reading this? <laughs> I should I should have picked a shorter synopsis to read out. And so I, I get you there. You're, you're like well I want to do this right, but then you're like man this is a long time. <laughs> um, that being said, it was fantastic. I loved it. Every, every, every second. Every second. Love. So, talking about this before we start start diving into it, this movie was a turning point for me. To me, you can't talk about any of the fast-moving, angry creatures running at you without referring back to this movie. All your fast-moving zombies, all your 28 days later, to me, all came from the idea of this movie. I'd never seen anything like this when it came out. Just the, the the effects were over the top. The you know the heavy music and everything. So this is a, this is a big one for me. I love this movie. Demons one and two for me they're both um, they're pretty amazing. They're a lot like that time period where we we're talking about Argento and you know adding like the heavy metal soundtrack. Right. And just just a lot of fun, just yeah. high energy. Uh, and what's funny is the first show that I let Danny hear of Kruger Nation was you covering Demons one and two. How about that? Man. <laughs> Every time people tell me they listen to the show, I'm always like, I can't remember if the episode was halfway decent or not. Because <laughs> I think the there's certain. Is they're always halfway decent. Well, thank you. Like, there that's you the thing is, like, there's certain episodes that I've logged in my brain as being my favorites, but then everything else I've kind of just, like, put aside so I don't remember. <laughs> well, so, I'll, like, I'll say it like I said when I met Richard Marks. He asked if I was a fan. I said, well, I'll put it this way. When you come on the radio, I don't turn it off. Hold on to the night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So to get us into this, we've got a special synopsis coming up. I haven't heard this one, so you guys will be just as surprised <laughs> as I am. But uh, we have the one and only Rip Torn. Damons, or as it's known in Scandinavia, Jerfingstrad, the power gang. When Corey Feldman's angels run rampant, a new force of unstoppable women must be assembled. Todd Bridges is pulled from CIA retirement to lead a group of scrappy young ladies to stop Corey's angels from destroying Zanzibar. 6.5 out of 10 critics agree this is a movie. 
starring George Witt, <laughs> Julia Sweeney, and with a cameo by Mary Lou Redden. It's a fun film for reality TV fans and their adult children. Adult children. <laughs> I think I watched the wrong movie, guys. That doesn't sound anything like the demons I watched. Ooh. I don't know. That's, well, that's Rip Torn was on some serious medication when when he put that one together. So who knows? No. Did he record you know that in the bank he thought was his home? It, it took me a second did. to realize that was Rip uh, Rip Torn. I was thinking Rip Taylor at first. I was waiting for confetti. <laughs> <laughs> Hail me. And he would have been like, oh, this is so great. It's so great. It's the greatest thing ever. Or the confetti everywhere. It's hard, it's hard to record confetti. That's the problem. You, know, you, you throw confetti at the mic and you're like, why don't you sound like anything? Well, you need a confetti cannon. Ironically, I have one. All right, so let's jump into this. Court, you're our guest. Give us your top reason of why you watch Demons. The soundtrack. It's one of the greatest uh, 80s Italian film soundtracks of all time. Hey. It also it also features the best Motley Crue song ever written. It is a good one. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of the biggest names of the time, like you said, Motley Crue. I think there's some Saxon in there. Is that right? Some Accept? Maybe yes, there's definitely, there's definitely Accept. And uh, I think Saxon is towards the beginning of the movie as well. Yeah. And you've got... Uh, don't forget the heavy metal icon Billy Idol. <laughs> the Goblin score. The Goblin score is pretty amazing. Oh yeah. I oh yeah. It. Totally. Oh yeah. This definitely gets stuck in your head. That synth line beats me up every time I hear it. It's like getting punched by the bass. Right. That's killer. And let's not forget the other slasher band that they had on there go west (laughs) (laughs) you know when i think slasher films i think go west right absolutely we close our eyes (laughs) (laughs) i'm the king of wishful thinking (laughs) see that made me want to slash somebody right there i'll tell you what there's somebody that should have been on this soundtrack because of the year this came out everybody our age group knows but Pretty much the biggest band. Who was the biggest band at this time? Who do you think? 86, right? 85 or 86? 85, yeah. 86. Yeah. It's all the same. Blue Monday? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Some Holland Oats. Snake. Holland Oats. And I've got a live snippet here of, of Holland Oats uh, kicking out the, the song that should have been this soundtrack, Man Eater. It kind of mm-hmm. goes like this. Oh, woo! Crowds into it. This is why they split up. I'll say, what's up with the timing? Ladies and gentlemen, the demons. Hey! <laughs> All right, so maybe they shouldn't have been on there. <laughs> I don't know. That was pretty horrifying. 
All right, Johnny, what's your reason? I'm going to say uh, I think the the mixture of unique characters in this movie is just stellar. I think the blind guy who has his daughter narrating the movie for him, <laughs> who, who ditches him to go go hang out with some dude, you know, hang out. Um, and then uh, you have Tony and then the two prostitutes. You have, like, the young teenage couples. It's just such a good mix of people in this. He's <laughs> like a businessman in there, randomly a businessman. Sure. The yeah, couple that's on their the older anniversary. Guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's the older and, and she's like, I don't want to watch a scary movie. He's like, oh, shut up. You know, like, <laughs> well, and they're in the, like the front row. <laughs> how do they stay married that long when he treats her like that? That's what I want to know. Well, I want to know how, like you know, the, the guy with the uh, the silver like techno mask, uh, the techno Phantom of the Opera, pretty much. He's handing out free passes the day of it. And this this guy had nothing else planned for their anniversary. So he just like snatched up his tickets. Like, look, baby, look what I got. <laughs> it's awesome. Taking you to a good movie. It's exclusive. Check it's funny out. you mentioned it's funny you mentioned the disco techno like Phantom of the Opera because that was originally Dario Argento's plan for his Phantom that would be made years later was that look. <laughs> really? <laughs> that well, it probably would have been much better. <laughs> it wouldn't have hurt, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that was Julian Sands, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I love Argento, but that's probably my least favorite movie of his. Oh, come heard? on, Dracula's way oh, worse. Yeah. yeah you think I I, I I, I mean, Dracula's pretty bad, but I, I still think I would take it for like just the cinematography over <laughs> over Phantom. Uh, they, I think we can agree with about two things about Julian Sands. One is that Warlock is probably his best movie. Yes. Yes. And two, or maybe Arachnophobia, but you know. Oh yeah. And and two is that he's the man who acts with his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly in Warlock, the Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is an Armageddon, an Armageddon of hair. <laughs> like Julian the, Sands through, through the hourglass these are the warlocks of our lives yes <laughs> so you have to hand it to the Italians because just like we said last week they're always kind of ahead of the game who else has ever come up with movies for the blind the Italians <laughs> <laughs> what's happening, what's happening now, now? <laughs> are, are you scared <laughs> Yeah, a little. They originated audio descriptive services. <laughs> it, like, I'm glad it's not like the other ones where it's like, stop, go. <laughs> Something like between like the, the relay calls. <laughs> right. It's like, what's happening in the movie? Stop. <laughs> Ooh, all right. This is happening. Go ahead. <laughs> Danny, give us a reason. All right. My first reason is just like popcorn. It's a movie in a movie. And I, I love that. I, yeah. I love the, the whole the, the whole things occur simultaneously in the story on the screen and in the story in the movie you're watching. I just I, I love that kind of standing outside fourth wall kind of thing. And I, you know, it's one of the things about it. I mean, it's not my favorite movie and, and I'm not going to pretend like it is. It's got a lot of really interesting things in both demons and demons, too. Right. But my favorite thing in them is, is they're both kind of a a fictitious story that makes its way into the real world while telling a fictitious story. I just, I love that whole thing. Whenever right. anybody pulls it off, I love it. Good yeah. The point. film within a film too, with that, they actually show where the kids are off camping and they find the book and everything in that, that ruined city or what have you. Yeah. Uh, that film within a film would have been an amazing horror flick to watch all on its own. Sure. And that's what, that's what makes this like the the most meta before meta was even really a thing in film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we, we talk about how these things influenced other things. I mean, 
you know, like Scream using the rules of the slasher film. It's 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 a way to tell your story while identifying that there are stories that existed before it. You know, it, it I, I just I think that it adds something to it that it's already a grab bag of different um, concepts and, and interesting little flavors. But but that's my favorite part of it is the whole like you said, Court, the, the whole movie that's playing on the screen. It, it itself is a pretty good movie, and right. and these people are, are pulled into it. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. So for me, and because we're, we're jumping all around, but even before we started recording this, we all kind of was talking about this certain person, but you got a pretty good cast, but come on, man. Bobby Rhodes, Tony, <laughs> he's the man. I mean, if you are going to latch on to anybody in this movie, this is the guy that you're going to be going around quoting. Ain't that right, Court? Holy shit, she's a friend of mine! <laughs> Tony the Pimp is the kind of alpha male badass that you want to have around when demons take over your theater. Because <laughs> like, if it weren't for him constantly barking orders at everybody, they would have all died instantly. Absolutely. So everybody, what are you just standing around for? Pick up something. Holy shit, you look like you're afraid of breaking stuff! <laughs> Smash this place! Smash everything. <laughs> and he's wearing that John Travolta suit. It's awesome. <laughs> the white, the white, like, uh, I don't even know what kind of suit that is. This <laughs> leisure suit, I think, right? Yeah, it looks like the, the Saturday Night uh, Fever outfit. So <laughs> maybe it's more Don Johnston. Maybe he got the idea from the lyrics and the song of the Bee Gees. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, his main goal was staying alive, staying alive, staying alive. <laughs> <Damn> me. <laughs> All right, awesome. <laughs> All right, Court, next reason. Uh, the special effects in this film are incredible. And for me, they even hold up on the Blu-ray that I have from Synops, man. They look so amazing. Yeah. Especially the, the, especially the first demon transformation scene that we see where the, the lady, like, pops out of the screen. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, the teeth start popping out. And then the veins form on her on her neck and everything. It's just really incredible work. The this this one particularly, the first demons, the special effects are unbelievable. I totally yeah. agree. They're really awesome in this. I uh, I did like the I do like they do it in the second movie too. But I, I like the uh, the transformation with the teeth, where it's like you know uh, unlike you know or actually it's kind of similar to when your adult teeth come in from a ba- your baby teeth. It's like a, you know your adult teeth are replaced with Rottweiler teeth. <laughs> but it looks really cool man it's pretty gross it does it, hold up and, and the way they just kind of fall out and the blood's just like because it is very over the top but like you said that uh, synapse release of it it looks amazing it's painful it makes you cringe when you watch it so yeah the effects are still amazing I think and that first actress really sells how bad that hurts as well like the way that she's playing it on her face right. I mean it's just like a perfect storm of the effects with that transformation and excellent acting on her part because you you really feel for her as you're seeing her transform That's right. and then you're terrified of her when she's done transforming yeah the, right. kids, the kids really like her performance then, too oh yeah. well then that that blind guy's like what's happening now what's going on she's getting her second row of teeth dad please stop having or, anonymous sex with that stranger and help me more movie dad more movie <laughs> Like what's happening now? More movie, just just movie, Dad. They took two steps, Dad. Nothing's happening. This is a boring film. Just is, just shut up. Somebody is, was birthed through the through the screen. Is that Motley Crue that I hear? Yes, Dad. 
Yes, Dad, that's Motley Crue's best song. <laughs> Next to the Tom Dad, Petty I'm Lama making out with Vince Neil. All right, man. Who who'd we get to? Johnny, it's your turn. Yep. Uh, one thing I really like about this movie is, you know, no matter how bad the situation gets, they do have a lot of like convenient things that are there for them, like a like a motorcycle that's actually full of gasoline. There's the sword. <laughs> there's the sword. There's the the helicopters raining from the sky and crashing right. the theater. Yeah, <laughs> I love the convenience of this movie. Like it's there's so many times where they should have died, but you know, it just just the right thing happened. Like the helicopter guy bailed on his his chopper. <laughs> and, and somebody forgot to ungas the uh, the motorcycle in the lobby. I would just and love... left a sharp sword sitting out for everybody to use. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love the selling point of somebody walking in saying, "I've got an idea for a movie." There's a bunch of people trapped in a the theater. They turn to demons. Then a helicopter crashed through the roof. <laughs> I like it. Let's roll. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the demon script was actually originally a Street Hawk Airwolf crossover TV special <laughs> that never nice. got made. And then uh, Dario Argento just bought the screen play. <laughs> I, I imagine there was probably like the in the uh, like the director's like uh, test footage. They're sitting there with these execs. They're like, you know, what this movie's missing helicopters and motorcycles. <laughs> and so they had to go back and just. And hauling oats, <laughs> hauling oats, and hauling ass. Um, oh, also, you know, you know what this movie is missing too. Like, uh, we haven't had a car full of uh, coked up punks yet, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. not yet. <laughs> but to 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 build on what Johnny said there for a minute, I agree, and I think that that pulls into the movie and a movie thing. It's it's kind of like there are so many elements in it that are just so off the wall. That, that it's like, you know, as this thing unfolds, it's like, well, what happens next? Well, you go in the lobby and there's a motorcycle and a sword. You know, you go into the projection booth and there's nobody in the projection booth. And it's just kind of like outside of the movie, there's something just as outlandish, if not more than what's on the movie screen. You know, and I, I think that that kind of builds onto that whole it's not really happening, but it really is. That non sequitur storyline with those coke snorting punkers actually feels like a, a rape revenge film. Right. It just sort of crashes into this movie for like no reason yeah. other than the fact that the scenes are amazing and they need to be there. And like Ripper and his crew actually feel like they are either returning from attacking someone that Charles Bronson loves or they're about <laughs> to or they're about to meet up with like David Hess's character in House on the Edge of the Park. I was about to say, like, that's, I can't tell which. That's the only thing is missing is David Hess, you know. <laughs> I think Ripper was supposed to be David Hess, but the producers couldn't afford him. <laughs> and Holland Oates could have sung, and, and the road leads to nowhere. <laughs> that Ripper character looks like a discount Frank Stallone. <laughs> Both Demons movies are like a who's who of not only Argento actors, but just Italian actors, like films, you know, like Italian films that are actors that you will see in a lot of Italian films. Right. There's a whole lot of like, hey, it's that guy and this girl in yeah. this film. Well, like I said last week, uh, the little girl that's in Deep Red is the, the lady at the beginning that's, I guess, running the theater that's in the, the green dress with the long red hair. That's the little girl from Deep Red. So, And she's been in some Fulci stuff, too. And, I mean, so it's, you know, they use those same people over and over. Yeah, and, and actually, <laughs> since I'm the next one up, I'm going to say that that's another reason I've got to watch Demons is – is the hostess uh, ticket seller who is the uh, little redhead from uh, from Deep Red? There you go. And she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Well, mine. She really is. Yeah. Mine. Uh, it really goes back to. I mean, this is another 
favorite, and we talked about him last time too, but Mikel Suave is actually the, the half-demon-faced guy that's going around passing out the tickets. Who also pops up that in the movie fighting <laughs> on top of the ceiling where the helicopter crashed through. So it's got a pretty cruel death that happens there as well. But Mikel Suave, like we said, directed uh, Stage Fright, uh, God, I mean, all the stuff he does is great. Cemetery Man is fantastic. So he's one of those and guys. The church. You, you see him pop, yeah, the, the the church as well. But you see him pop it in a lot of these movies, and so it's to me, it's just one of those one of those giddy things to see him when he's on the on the screen because he's just a part of that whole entourage of the Italian horror genre. So he was in the film within a film as well that was in Demons One. He was right. one of the kids who ends up getting killed. I don't know if, like, when he gets possessed, if that's supposed to be him possessed with the mask on yeah, and he's bringing be. it into our reality, handing out the tickets or what. I don't know. It's, this movie's got a lot of stuff in it, man, that you don't catch because there's so much going on at the same time. But, uh, you know, several viewings, you start putting some pieces together. Basically, folks, when it comes down to it, you get a theater full of demons and a guy riding a motorbike with a samurai sword cutting them down. I, I'm sorry. That's just cool. That's just cool. <laughs> and the samurai uh, dirt bike foo zombie killing uh, mania that happens is set to Fast as a Shark by Accept. Right. And that's yeah. that whole sequence is like everything awesome the 80s had to offer all wrapped into one sequence because you get zombies, you get a guy on a dirt bike with like a ripped shirt wielding a samurai sword and, and basically doing like a much better Dudikoff than Dudikoff ever did in any of the American ninjas <laughs> and just wrecking demon possessed people all at once. Yeah. It's, it's just killer, man. I mean, it's, it's fantastic to watch. I mean, you think about riding a dirt bike up and down the aisles of a movie theater. Well, crap. Anybody would just want to do that. <laughs> Not to mention slicing people down with a samurai sword. It just, you know, that's, that's a fun weekend folks. <laughs> that's actually how that's actually what I have planned to do right after we're done recording. All right. I'll say it, it is 2016. It does, it does seem like something that would happen. One uh, fun fact though about Michelle Suave is he actually wrote that song for Gerardo Rico Suave. <laughs> nice. Michela Suave. Michelle Suave. Is that a fun fact? <laughs> I don't know if it's I don't know if it's fun to to many people. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fact. That's that's a thing. And that is a fact. <laughs> did anybody at the end of the movie when they finally break out of the theater? Did anybody see the demon that's like over in a window and he looks like Jack Black if he was a demon? <laughs> no, I guess I missed that. You need to go back and check that out because it's like, hey, look, that, maybe that, is that Jack Black? <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's attacking Hollywood. Court, you got another reason, man? Yeah, the panicking group being attacked by the demons whenever they finally come down from the balcony is oh, yeah. one of the better frenzy death montages of the 80s as well. It's just yeah. blood everywhere. It's one of the better montages that they put in this film. Yeah, this movie has a lot of gore in it. I, I remember picking up a copy on video because... it you know, claimed it won awards for the, the the special effects. So that automatically drew me in and it delivers without a doubt. It's so high energy too. You know, like, like what court says it's, it's a montage because 
they couldn't just have one kill at a time, really. They've got so much that they've just kind of like, okay, well, and this guy gets killed, and look at this guy over here getting killed, and this guy, like, you've got to chop to him, otherwise it would take the whole movie just to get through that one scene. Right. So they just... It's like the editor had ADD and just couldn't focus on one shot <laughs> in that sequence. <laughs> Johnny! I Honestly, uh, one thing that always comes to mind in this movie, and it's really not... I don't know, it's kind of a brief sequence, but it's at the end when everything's just kind of hitting the fan, is that uh, the original poster art with all the glowing eye demons running oh, up yeah. the stairs. And uh, it's cool because the, the way that, that thing is shot, I'm sure it was a really easy effect, but it it just became so <laughs> so known over the years as like the you know the scene where they're just being absolutely <laughs> attacked by the demons in, the, in that like hall area. Might have been reflective tape and they just shined lights in their eyes and said, right. hey, run up this hallway and hope you don't hurt yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's yeah, they exactly, were kind of stumbling around. That's exactly what I think happened because that's the Italian way. Oh yeah, uh, just uh, put your arm behind your back. We're going to put a fake arm on there, and a shark's going to rip it off. Here, hold <laughs> these scissors and run. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically their mentality. Oh, don't worry about it. You, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. This is your last shot, so it'll be fine. <laughs> we'll do it live. We'll do it live. We haven't mentioned the covered demon that emerges from Kathy's back. That's like one of the most what the. F- moments in the film exactly where, where they, they hit her with that that grate from the or, or the yeah it's a grate like from the ventilation system and they're just smashed into her back and then her back splits open and the demon crawls out that's just really weird and it's like totally out of left field you're not expecting it they right. never set it up and the demon is actually really cool i like the way that they did it it's almost like a classic uh bosch painting style demon or something and for all you Phantasm fans out there, to me, part two kind of ripped off this idea because there's a part where the girl's over in the corner and then like a little face of the tall man comes up out of her back. I believe it's almost like the same idea. Yeah, it's like almost like her spinal column transformed into like this almost worm version of the yeah, the, the tall Phantasm man. tall man. Yeah, right. So it's almost like the same idea because it's almost the same setup as far as... You know, being down on all fours like that and something coming up out of your back like that. So, there you go. Phantasm 2. Nightmare fuel. <laughs> and, uh, normally, I say that all roads lead back to Phantasm. I think that movie kind of set a new standard, and we've ripped it off so many times. That's just my own personal opinion. <laughs> Phantasm is intact. You just have to kind of look differently at Phantasm 2 now. That's all. Danny, you got anything else? I'm just going to say that when I was watching it, it was kind of like watching... And I don't know why this came to mind, but I was I was rewatching it and trying to, to kind of formulate opinions. For some reason, I can't it kept coming back to when when you see paint mixed and in industrial paint mixers, and they just spray a whole bunch of colors into one thing, and it all agitates and becomes like this this beige color for your wall. That's that's what I just kept thinking when I was watching. It's like all these different things that don't seem related, that seem completely foreign to one another, just getting shot into this big paint drum and then you ended up with demons like i don't know that it's a thing to watch for so much as it's just like oh now you're gonna add some green huh oh, oh okay well there's plenty of red but what, what are you doing now what, what are you doing with purple you know like it's just and and then by the time it's all done you're just kind of shell-shocked <laughs> and it it's like the- they made you a smoothie of awesome basically <laughs> <laughs> they throw in all these different ingredients that you don't think should be together or should taste good and then when they hand you the, the end result with the smoothie, you're like, this was delicious. Thank you. As yeah. Surprisingly, the last time I went to Smoothie King, the guy was wearing this like chrome mask <laughs> to half his face. When he handed it to me, I was like, uh, uh, 
Yeah, I got this anniversary coming up. You think I should take my wife to Smoothie King? <laughs> yes. Did you order the Metropole? <laughs> I'll take the Metropole smoothie. This blind guy who was in line with me was like, what's he doing now? <laughs> <laughs> what blender well, is he well, using? <laughs> is that a ninja? Oh, he should have gone. <laughs> he should have gone with a Vitamix. They're much better. <laughs> hey, look, it's a helicopter. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> Just to go through the the reasons to watch Demons so far. We got the soundtrack came out first thing. Then we got a mix of unique characters, which I just touched on again. But but Johnny brought up at first, and it's absolutely true. I, I said that it's a movie within a movie, and I love that trope. Now, Rick brought up um, Bobby Rhodes, aka Tony, uh, which you know anybody who's watched the movie knows that he see, he steals all the scenes. You know, he, all the scenes. Smash all everything! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy so, shit, she's a friend of mine. <laughs> man, are those not sound bites? Man, courts That's just me. mailing them, man. <laughs> I've seen this movie way too much, dude. <laughs> Court brought up the uh, the special effects and the transformations, which which absolutely, just like any werewolf movie, you know, they, they stand up there and they make you think about them once you're done watching the movie. Uh, Johnny brought up the convenient placement of uh, advantageous or maybe not uh, items like helicopters, swords, and motorcycles. <laughs> uh, I brought up the redhead who was selling the tickets. Uh, Rick brought up the uh, the guy who was handing out tickets at the uh, subway that just got brought up again. Um, he's also the uh, a director and and has many places in other Italian horror films. Um, Court brought up the panicky group of people attacked in a montage of death. Um, <laughs> Johnny brought yeah. up the poster art scene with the glowing eyed demons, and now we are caught up to the demon emerging from Kathy's back which is unlike any other transformation up to that point, just to take it to the next level. <laughs> I, I think you can honestly say the effects in this movie, just from beginning to end, are unlike anything you had seen before at this point, which is why this movie is talked about so much. And just the combination of, like we said, Dario Argento being involved, Lamberto Bava was really coming into his own, and this is obviously his biggest hit that he had. It had to be these two movies. But uh, I don't know, man. It's it's just Italian goodness. Um, the the big swelling of the necks, the bowls that bust open, and it's all the green slimy stuff. I mean, it's just a nasty, nasty movie, but it's <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> At first, I thought that was just an STD because those two girls were hookers, but then I realized they were actually possessed. <laughs> they were hookers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I might have to rewatch it and re- reassess my whole. Well, just because hookers are people too. <laughs> no smoking is allowed. <laughs> I want to hang out with Tony and his girls. Like I, they seem like the type of people that you'd want to have a couple of drinks with. They, they would look like they'd be fun. <laughs> they did. They did seem pretty, pretty damn fun. That's true. <laughs> All right, we ready for a rating? I'm going to give it ten. Jack Black demons staring out of a window. <laughs> I'm gonna give it uh, two hookers and an eight ball. <laughs> I give it seven demon heads lopped off by a samurai sword wielding guy on a dirt bike. All right. I, I think you may take the prize on that one, Court. That that was that was phenomenal. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna ask my uh, my assistant here. Can, can you tell me what to rate it? I I can't see the screen. <laughs> Two uh, blind eye guys 
<laughs> two eyes popped out of a blind guy's eye. Oh, where they take his eyes out. Like, <laughs> what's the point? What's the point of that? Yeah. That's just cruelty. Cruel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're demons, man. They're supposed to be evil. Come on. That's right. <laughs> and I do have to say that the demons in this, you know, like you've got you've got movies like Critters or you know, any of the zombie movies. And it's really not cruelty that drives those monsters. They're kind of there to survive or they're there to, you know, eat. But but the demons really, there's, they seem to take it to another level of, of sadism where oh, they, yeah. they're like, oh, you like this? I'm going to destroy this in front of you. And then I'm going to do something really awful and torturous. How about I tear your hair off of your scalp before I kill you? Right. <laughs> and that just really, it's true. They're, they're, uh, they're maniacal. Highly recommended, folks. When you sit down for Thanksgiving, skip the ball game, put on demons, grab you a turkey leg, and enjoy the film. I bet you get about three bites into the turkey leg and have to sit it down because like, ah, nasty. And you definitely wouldn't want the cranberry sauce while that's happening. <laughs> I, I can't wait to watch it with my uh, with my new family member who's coming for the first time this year from uh, from Italy, my uncle Lamberto. <laughs> so, so yeah, man. Uh, so from all of us for movie number one. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, that's not a turkey sound. <laughs> that is, however, what I eat for Thanksgiving. Let's try that again. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Nope. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Now you're just being cocky. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Happy Thanksgiving. I'm wondering what... <laughs> okay. Is that that's a dolphin? the deal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What kind of party you got going on over there, Ricky? <laughs> we'll club like a baby seal to make and... a better deal. <laughs> All right, let's, let's rewind a little bit. Let's go back in the time machine so I can go back to... Okay, we're back back to where we were. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll be back with a new... We'll be back with movie number two in just a second. Hello there. Are you having a good time? Yes, I am. Good time. And how about you? These nachos suck, man. Do your parties fall flat? Mm-hmm. Are you tired of your opportunities to dazzle your guests becoming a disaster? Mm-hmm. Do you wish that you could cause the death and destruction of all mankind? Mm-hmm. Well, there's only one solution that can remedy all of your problems. Mm-hmm. Nostradamus's Nacho Cheese. It's the cheese of the future. Yes, your gatherings and shindigs will be unforgettable with that Nostradamus blend of spice, peppers, and very aged cheese whipped up into a frenzy. And when you take that first bite, you'll say, Woo-wee! Nostradamus! I didn't see that coming. And Nostradamus's nacho cheese seems to last forever because it never expires. So trust the number one brand of nacho cheese that is used by all respectable movie theaters. Nostradamus's Nacho Cheese.
All right, movie number two for your Thanksgiving afternoon when you're sitting at home. What can you kick out after you watch Demons? Well, Demons 2, obviously. It's a fantastic romp that's full of family fun. It's even got stuff for little kids in it. I think it's got little kids getting killed in it, actually. But It's got little kids in it. <laughs> <laughs> Demon dog. Yeah, a little tribute to the ghoulies there a little bit. All kinds of stuff. I'll tell you a little story about this one for me. I love the first movie, but I had actually seen the end of this one before I saw the first movie. I had no idea what I was watching. I was just flipping through the, the cable channels. And it's the scene where she's running on the TV screen at the very end. All that's, you know, they got the several TV screens set up. It terrified me, man. Because I had no I, saw, I saw this one on VHS first, too. Man, I had no idea what was going on. And that is such a strong visual to me because I'd never seen anything from the idea of something coming through a TV and getting you like that at this point that that had that kind of energy to it. So that's one of those nightmarish scenes to me is just her running on the screen towards the camera. I can't explain it. It's just one of those things that hit me. And I never knew what it was. Till after I saw Demons, then realized there was a Demons 2, and then I was like, whoa, that's this movie. So it was one of those moments where you finally, you know, <laughs> how you like it, conquered the demon. <laughs> I, I do remember, um, <laughs> well, the, the, when I saw this one first, I remember how at the time I thought it was so comical that it was obvious uh, that the little, the little person running around in the Demons costume chasing her around her apartment. There was just such an obvious difference between the, the kid and then the little person. <laughs> right. Most people kind of put these movies on the same playing field. I'm a fan of the original more, but I think it's just because I fell in love with it first and and finally put the pieces together. Second Second one's probably a better made movie. I just don't enjoy it as much. It goes a little further out there than what I'm comfortable with (laughs) compared to the first movie because it, it it takes like the whole meta thing that happened in the first movie and then it goes a layer on top of that. It's almost like a inception of meta where we go a layer on top of that. Right. And then they do like a reboot sequel all at once with right. this film. And then you have actors from the other demons that pop up, but they're playing different people. So that's where you get like that inception thing where they have a different life in this other layer. It's it's uh, it's almost like American Horror Story or something. You know, just the same actors, different plot. Yeah. And yeah. And, you know, it's also a nod to the whole video culture because it's like instead of it being a movie, now it's on TV. Right. Right. You're exactly (laughs) right, because they're doing this report of this is the events that actually happened kind of thing going on. Like it was some kind of like swine (laughs) flu or something. Right. You're exactly right. Like they talk about it like it was just like the the great demon epidemic of the previous year. Right. Like Return of the Living Dead versus Night of the Living Dead almost where they're like, yeah, that happened. But uh, it's not the way that they said in the other movie. (laughs) That's an excellent point, actually. Did this movie come first or did Videodrome? (laughs) <laughs> I'm just wondering Videodrome's you know, first what, Are you sure? I was just wondering which one did the effect first See I thought Videodrome was later 80s But maybe I'm no, off it's, it's earlier 80s If only there was a database on the internet about movies <laughs> That we could look that up <laughs> What? <laughs> the the inter What? Yeah like an internet movie um, You know like a database for it You know. Here's what we have to do <laughs> Here's what we have to do We have to go back Al Gore, 
can you invent something that would give us information, like a super <laughs> internet highway, and we can, you know, find information for things? Appreciate that, oh, sure buddy. sure do. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Anytime. Ooh. Let's see. Are, I'm, I'm looking. Is Al Gore on the phone with us? Videodrome was 83. Videodrome oh, okay. was 83. So Demons what, 2 is 86. Right. So there you go. So. Okay. Yeah, how the, the demon curse, the way that it spreads in this film, it does feel like a sort of Terrorvision Videodrome hybrid almost. <laughs> Terrorvision. <laughs> that is one of my favorite movies. It's awesome. Oh, it's great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're in that time frame of, you know, that's that was the going puns of the time. So speaking of pun, to give us a synopsis, it's amazing that we get both Rip Torn and this guy on the same show. That's what's amazing. One's an incredible actor. The other's an incredible songwriter. Uh, to talk about Demons 2, it's uh, Johnny Krug's favorite person, Randy Newman. <laughs> okay, Charlie, let's kick this one out. <laughs> Hi, I'm Randy Newman. And I was asked to do a synopsis for the Hangman Bow Wow. And they're talking about my favorite movie. It's called Demons 2, The Electric Horseman. It's the true story about the rise and fall of a true legend of stage and song, Leif Garrett. And from his rough upbringing as a street fighter, he can't handle success. And he gives it all up to go and kill off the Chinese Mafia. It's an all-star cast with Matt Damon as the lead. Dabney <laughs> Coleman plays his dad. And Aaron Gray, Flavor Flav, and then that guy who played the manimal. This movie <laughs> is AKA that's also known as Cannonball Run 4. Man, I love them Cannonball movies, boy. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't funny. know what I, movie he was actually talking about, but I really want to see that now. Oh, me too. <laughs> Sounds awesome. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Dabney Coleman movies, so yeah. <laughs> He's an unappreciated gem of American cinema. Was Dabney Coleman from Nine to Five? Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. Oh, that's my favorite role of his is in uh, Nine to Five. Sorry. Oh, really? What about What about Cloak and Dagger? Cloak and Dagger's <laughs> oh my good. God. No, my favorite is the uh, the Chevy Chase movie. Modern Problems. Modern yeah, Problems. <laughs> Modern yeah. Problems. Oh, gosh. If you guys ever do that one, Ricky, I want to be on that show. That was a great well, we're, flick. Doodly We're going to do Modern Problems. We're going to do Modern Problems and Memoirs of an Invisible Man. All right. And we're going to bring Bo Ransdell back because he hates Memoirs of an Invisible Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's Carpenter, though. I mean, you can't hate it too much. Exactly. I was I was defending it, and he was like, oh, you haven't seen it. And I'm like, I have seen it. I love it. <laughs> I almost paid way too much for a used copy of it one time. Wow. I got it for $3 at Big Lots. Like oh, years ago. You. Many years ago. It's not Carpenter's best film, but you know, no. <laughs> it's got its moments that are entertaining. I, I just got the, the Naked Gun trilogy from a, a used bookstore for 8 bucks. Yeah. Oh, that's a good deal. I've okay. been swimming in raw sewage. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I fan- love it. Fantastic. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. Reasons to watch Demons 2. I'm going to kick it off. First reason, guess what? Bobby Rhodes. 
<laughs> not he's he's put away the the pimp outfit and decided to be a health instructor instead. And I love the fact that he's run, running around. He's got all the the muscle heads in there lifting the weights and stuff, and he just kind of growls at them. But all the ladies, he's like, "Yeah, what's happening, ladies?" He's super <laughs> awesome in this movie too, man. Love him. He would he made me want to work out just watching him, and I I barely get off the couch. <laughs> Come he was barking on. orders. I'm like I was like, "Yeah, I got I got to go lift now." You're right, Bobby Rhodes. <laughs> Come on, you can lift that. Let's get it going. I want to see some intensity. Is <laughs> his Bobby Rose the American dream? <laughs> Bobby Rose. <laughs> That's fantastic. Dusty's little brother. <laughs> From another mother. Yeah. I think I think Dusty Rhodes might have to do with the synopsis. Oh right, that'd be fantastic. I think all I gotta do is 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 get real fat. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Just wad up Love some you, cotton Randy. balls. All right, uh, Court, go ahead. Give us a reason, man. A uh, pregnant lady doing yoga. <laughs> That's one of the best reasons to watch this movie. In like a eighty style like unitard and like a zip up jacket. <laughs> yep. I love her little uh, her little subplot, man. I mean, the the whole. Husband, wife, he's out like they're the greatest protagonists because he's got the best reason to to really fight hard. I, I just, yeah, I, I do think that 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 was an element to the movie that was great. Her and and her husband and him getting separated. I I liked it. Yeah, it's one of the better driving points to the story that I think actually is a little bit of an improvement on the first one because you have a guy that just met this girl. They have no reason for him to really be trying to make her survive. Other than, you know, he kind of was flirting with her during the movie versus a married couple with a child that they're just trying to help keep the child alive and, you know, or keep, you know, keep each other alive long enough for the baby to be born and and survive this, you know, like demon apocalypse, if you will. I mean, there's so much more driving for these two than there is for just some dude who just happened to pop up in Dario Argento's opera trying to hit on a chick in a theater. You had married people in the first one, though. They just didn't care. <laughs> yeah, Happy anniversary, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, I, don't, that, I don't want to watch this person getting killed. Come on, it's a movie. People like movies. <laughs> you like them movies. I'm grizzled you? and bad. Shut up and do what I say, wife. Yeah, that guy was not a good husband. <laughs> For me, I would have to say, besides the fact that in this, boy, in this movie, she's an annoying little brat, I... Love Corleana to uh, Tassani Cataldi, or I think I may have gotten it wrong. Cataldi Tassani. Um, it's a Cataldi. Yeah, <laughs> she's one of those actresses that uh, I love. Pretty much everything I've seen her in. Uh, she's been, you know, a lot of Argento stuff, a lot yep. of uh, the mid to early '80s stuff, and even in this movie, even though she's kind of despicable and annoying, I still like her because she is that typical. It's my party, and you know, like. Just a little brat living on this nice high rise. And she, of course, she's the first person to turn. It's my party and I'll throw temper tantrums constantly if I want to. <laughs> oh, like when they tell her that guy's coming over and she just loses it. <laughs> yeah, she has like a major meltdown. And she is a great actress. Uh, my favorite role of hers was in opera as well. Oh. Where she was the like the the costumer or what have you. Right. Her death and, in opera is yep. insane. insane. Yeah, yeah, it's heartbreaking because you really like her character and she's really strong in that. She's a very fierce woman and she fights off the killer and then still dies horribly. You just feel really bad for her. 
<laughs> the sound effects of that of her death are the worst part. Oh, yeah, particularly if you get like a surround sound thing going because it just fills all the speakers that crunchy, awful sound yeah. of her death. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I, I do love uh, Coralina Cataldi Tassani. I think I said it right that time. I don't know, but yeah, I think she's really awesome, and she's she's probably what in her fifties now, maybe forties. She's absolutely stunning. Yeah, we met. I met her. Uh, it's been about four or five years ago, and I couldn't believe how incredible she looked. I mean, better than she did back then, actually. I think she's aged better than uh, Aja Argento. <laughs> she's aged better than Daria Nicolodi. <laughs> <laughs> well, so is my ham sandwich from last week. <laughs> I was going to say she's aged. She's aged like a fine wine, but D- Daria Nicolodi aged like a fine cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're terrible. Man, that's two, two episodes in a row where I've just given it to her. <laughs> you know, I didn't know her. Uh, I didn't know her actress's name, but I knew her as Sally. And I definitely put her down as a reason to watch the movie. Like yeah. Sally and her birthday, man. It's 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 almost as entertaining as the whole pregnant wife to get back to thing. There's a lot of <laughs> human stories that, that are involved here. They tried really hard to kind of make it seem like a, a genre piece, like a slice of life that just so happens to include demons. I love everybody at the party because it's just the... I tell you what, if I was having a birthday party and these were the people that showed up, I'd probably throw a fit too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they kind of suck. What a bunch of weirdos, man. If you like white kids dancing badly to the Smiths, this is definitely the movie for you. (laughs) And the Smiths, man. There's a lot of Smiths in this movie, which which I like the Smiths, but it's not exactly high energy kind of like getting you going move movie kind of music. <laughs> I think it is I think it is though once the, like I mean and maybe jump with the gun here but once they play rain by the cult man that's pretty awesome. Here yeah, comes the rain. Oh man, I love me some cult, man. <laughs> me too. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. One of the better things to come out of the 80s. Man, uh, uh, Electric is just one of my favorite albums period. Yeah, it's great, man. Type. Anyways, back to the movie. One thing I learned <laughs> from this movie <laughs> Never sing happy birthday to a demon. It never turns out good. <laughs> happy birthday to you. And then she starts changing her like, and the song just starts getting slower. Happy birthday <laughs> dear Sa- 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 Sally. <laughs> it's, it's not a masterful piece of filmmaking, but it definitely has some fun elements to it. That's for sure. Well, the things that the Helming Power Hour have learned about watching movies is two things. One, you never do this to a family of badgers. Abity, 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 abity. And you never sing happy birthday to a demon. I love the part where she's transforming and she grabs that guy's arm to like steady herself and her nails shoot out like in the first movie. Right. But they dig into the guy's arm at the same time. That's I love the great. panic freak out he has. It's awesome. It, yeah. It's almost like a. It's almost like in Dark Man where he breaks that guy's fingers. it's like the right balance of appropriate reaction and total overacting all at once i yes and you get the sally punch dancing scene too which is awesome so (laughs) so i I know that this isn't in order but but my first reason to watch this movie has got to be it's got to be the lesson learned trying to get a bunch of uh of gym rats to drive a car through a uh, a closed uh, a closed garage door. <laughs> I think other than Hollow Point, I've never seen such an entertaining point where someone tries to drive a vehicle through a door and just completely fails. <laughs> it's like, oh, that just hurt a bunch of people and didn't even damage the door. It was amazing. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, that whole scene when they're down in like the garage, 
to me, it seemed like just watching all the chaos, it seemed really dangerous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It seemed like it was just like guerrilla filmmaking, man. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. Yeah, y'all just ram those cars together. Let's set a fire over there. Uh, let's have some gymnasts dressed as the demons come in and start flipping over the cars. Yeah, perfectly safe. It's all Bobby, man. It's like, yeah. smash this place, burn that thing, drive that car. <laughs> like, okay. Maybe he was directing. We just never knew it. Both films. Bob is just named. He's like Toby Hooper. They just put his name on it. Yeah. He's, oh, he's like, did I just tell say that, that broad guy about the movie? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Give that guy a ticket. <laughs> yeah. If you if you watched the barricade, the balcony scene in Demons One, and thought this should take place in a garage with weightlifters, this is the movie that you were waiting for. That's right. Yes. It just took it to the next <laughs> level. It fulfills the dream, folks. The fire extinguisher scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna throw a fire extinguisher. Yeah, it's no big deal. That that'll stop a demon. <laughs> <laughs> Court, what's the next reason? Uh, the demons apparently were secret xenomorphs all the time because right. their blood is acid. But it's like it's like it's like the special power that the Sally demon has, where she just has this like little total freak out and starts bleeding profusely from pores that all of a sudden turns into acid and then affects it and like infects everyone else in the building. Yeah, <laughs> that was well, so it, bizarre. It was a nice looking building, and I'm sure it was really pricey. But man, that acid burned right through those those floors. I'm it's I'm thinking it might be out. like uh, it might be like uh, in uh, Candyman where they built the high rise out of a tenement block because they built it in the wrong area, <laughs> so they just like put dry rock over or drywall over <laughs> over the block walls and just said, yeah, no, this is a this is an upscale condo. Well, I will say this. If this movie took place at Cabrini Greens, I'm pretty sure the demons would have ran. <laughs> They'd be like, we are not doing this. They have way too many guns. Yeah, it would have It would have been a 20-minute short if it took place in Cabrini Green. <laughs> yeah, I think that they just, you know, obviously they just needed to infect more people on more levels. And, you know, what's the best way to do that other than acid blood? Right. <laughs> Why not? And And they were like, hey... We haven't ripped off Alien enough with contamination. Let's just steal the blood dripping scene now. <laughs> contamination, awesome. All right, Johnny. The th- the the puppet thing that attacks the woman in the apartment, the the yoga yeah. lady. That thing <laughs> is is so silly, but it's it's uh it's pretty fun at the same time. Yeah. It's just it's her fighting this inanimate object for a good what five ten minutes. It, it's a long scene. It really is. She's running around. She's in the bathroom with it. Well, yeah, it's like the Boglin from from oh my uh, gosh. Howling oh. Two. <laughs> <laughs> kind of is. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks like it looks like an unused ghoulie. It looks like the people that made ghoulies went, "Nah, this one's too crappy. Let's just throw that away." <laughs> and then all of a sudden, somebody like uh, like Argento's assistant Suave looked at it in the trash can and went, "We can use yeah. this." And they went and grabbed it and here, Bava, take this. Yeah, just take the <laughs> take those eyeballs off that Cookie Monster over here and put it on this thing. There you go. <laughs> It's ready to go. Let's give it some googly eyes. It'll be perfectly fine. <laughs> well, as as good of a special effects artist as uh, Sergio Stivaletti is, and as good as they are in this movie, like, I feel like he may have like came into work hammered the day he did that one. <laughs> More than likely, he probably threw that together at the last minute. They probably gave him like half the amount of time that he normally would take to build something, and that's just what he whipped together for them. Oh, uh, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> you gave me cotton balls and toothpicks. I'll see what I can do. And then he gives them that. <laughs> Some of those pipe cleaners. Yeah. 
Did anybody else think that the little kid that was possessed, like before he transforms, does anybody else think that the possessed version of the little kid looked like the dream child from Nightmare 5? Yeah. He does, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very much. Either that or a very wow. small meatloaf. The, the singer, Kids not, all look not, the same. The, not the food. <laughs> Either way, I'm sad to think of a mini meatloaf. Like a man out of hell! Wait, Court, Court, are you sad because it would be a small amount of meatloaf and it would leave you wanting more? Or, or because it would be a tiny singer that sang like meatloaf? Yes. <laughs> I would go. I would go with the first one because uh, there's... Never enough meatloaf. That's right. I just and, want more meatloaf. That's all I want. Actually, I think a, a little person singing meatloaf would probably be the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. So <laughs> that one wouldn't make me sad. I was thinking of a miniaturized meatloaf where like he gets shrunk down like from inner space. Right. Hanging it to the wedge right out of my mouth. Oh, it must have been while you were kissing me. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to me right now. I know the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. I love you, Andy Blackley. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? I'm totally lost where we are. I, I think I just uh, went. I, I, I got one. I, can, I think I just I went like too. I got, <laughs> I got Johnny from the with the Boglin. That's the last thing I wrote down. All right, that would that be uh, that would be Danny B next then. Oh no, it's me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, ooh. Um, I already <laughs> talked about the car ram escape, man. That, that was that was my that was my crowning achievement. Um, <laughs> I, I <laughs> let's shunt. Uh, let's punt. I'll come up with something. Uh, let's, so let's shunt. <laughs> let's shunt. Sure what you got? <laughs> All right, come on. To me, the Sally Rappel, man, when she comes down the side of the building on that rope is oh, upside down. Is incredible. It's, it's one of the most so incredible great. things I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, and, it, and that's a scene that you see whenever you bring up this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That and the demon coming through the TV. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, again, one of those things when you, when you see it, just go, wow. I mean, she's just flying down the side of that building, upside down, coming down the rope. That's just impressive, man. Uh, does, she, does she have, like, an elevator cable or something? Well, the, you know, the... the the husband and the wife are rappelling down the side of the building, so they've got the rope and they're coming down. And right. she runs to the roof and just starts coming down the same rope. And yeah, uh, she improved on uh, Australian rappelling by <laughs> not even touching the side at all. She's just crawling down it like a spider almost. Right. <laughs> and then uh, after all that work, she just gets impaled by a piece of pipe. <laughs> it's just like all that buildup for just getting let off some steam in it, basically. <laughs> advantages to being a demon are you can repel straight down without really touching the rope the disadvantages are there are pipes waiting for you right, right. <laughs> the the shots of the demons on this one too where they're actually running up and down the stairwell and you can you, they show like they look up the stairwell with them running down and you see the lit eyes yeah, yeah. like in the theater and then there's another one where they're running up the staircase looking up and you see their eyes lighting up I think that might have had a pretty big influence on that scene in Wreck where they yes. did that with the the possessed people running up the stairwell. Yeah. Uh, right. And I'll, and I think actually both demons 1 and 2 may have had a lot to do with the way that Wreck ended up being developed. Totally agree. Totally agree. And that's again the the beauty of these movies even though they're they're 80s and they're kind of dated to a degree the ideas that are in these two movies we have seen used over and over that we claim are some great 
awesome horror movies, but they took the idea from this, if they want to admit it or not. You know, there was never a fast-moving zombie movie or anything like that before this. So, uh, like I said, terrified me because I'd never seen something with so much anger, uh, you know, coming after people. Usually it was a, you know, Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers. It's slow-walking kind of thing. You know, zombies were always slow-moving, and these things just, you know, was a totally different... It, it changed the way you looked at defending yourself if, in a situation like that, so... Yeah. I would probably just crawl in a fetal position. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's like being assaulted by a gang of people that just smoked all of the crack right. that <laughs> ever existed. <laughs> you got you, know, any, I, you got any more of them demons? <laughs> I hadn't Y'all really got th- any more of them demons. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't really thought about it before we just started talking about it, but I I just thought about Demon Knight. You know, the Tales yeah. from the Crypt, Demon Knight, and the the demons in that that are that are kind of skulking around outside the boundary, they're an awful lot like the demons in in Demons. They have the same kind of frightening goriness and the big fangs and claws that that are just completely inhuman. And right. uh, when they when they eat Lowell, there, you know, pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> Lowell, <laughs> I miss Wings. Yeah, I love that show too. Got, so I got good. the box set. Oh, nice. You know, one thing I really liked about this movie is uh, <laughs> I didn't, the first time I watched this, I didn't realize that a dog could become possessed. <laughs> right. The demon dog. <laughs> that was totally unexpected. I love the fact that <laughs> this is the only movie, folks, <laughs> where you're going to see being Johnny's brother at the dog. This is the only movie where you're going to see somebody go up to a door because they hear something out in the hallway and they look out the peephole. And a dog is in the peephole. Now, <laughs> think about the height <laughs> of your normal peephole and where a dog would be if it was standing outside your door. I'm just saying they missed it by a little. <laughs> but I instantly just busted out laughing when I saw that because I got to thinking about it. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, because it's not like a St. Bernard or anything. It's like a pretty, yeah. it's a smaller dog. Yeah, it's like the dog from the Brady Bunch, you know. Yeah. Maybe it could leap to that height where it's like, hey, I'm here. Let me in. I'm possessed. Want to eat you. So I just, no, they have like a mask on it, right? Like a mask on the dog? Yeah. Okay. That's what it looks like. Yeah. They, you know, because the the transfer, it like pulls the face back. You know, some of it's a, a puppet, but the shots where it's actually moving and stuff, I think they just threw a mask on the dog. And again, yeah, just make your dog run uh, blind. That They won't hurt anything. <laughs> That'll be fine. No worries. We also had uh, the patented Italian films mannequin that gets thrown from the top of a building. It's like every Italian movie. Anytime somebody takes a great fall, they immediately turn into a mannequin. Oh. It's like completely rigid and looks nothing like the person that got thrown from the top of the, of the building. The opening scene in the French sex murders. Yeah. <laughs> Where that body, that body goes right over the top of that building and it just looks like it's just flopping around. Oh, the best it, one though I, is in the Zombie Holocaust, or uh, oh yeah, or oh was yeah. Doctor Butcher. I'm wasn't, sorry, what, but, wasn't there one in like the Fifth Chord too? That it's like literally a mannequin, like the arm falls off that, or something when it's that's zombie. That's Zombie Holocaust because they throw it down the stairwell, and when it oh, hits the yeah, ground, okay. you see the arm pop off, <laughs> and they just leave it on there. It's, and I don't mean just kind of pops off. I mean it it disappears out of scene. <laughs> it pops off and leaves the body. You watch it fall out of the sleeve and then go flying. Right. <laughs> and then it does a close-up of the guy that landed on the ground. He's going, oh, you know. 
I turned into a mannequin and it really hurt. <laughs> See that that proves what you guys know. Actually, what happens in Italy when you fall off a of high heights? It's a it's something they've they've evolved into is that they become mannequins until they land to to try and stave off injury. <laughs> it doesn't happen over here, but it's an Italian thing. Well, again, they're always oh, it's, they're it's always like ahead a new of technology. us. Technology, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're always it, ahead of us. Mannequinism. <laughs> hey, mannequinism. Hey, Rick, do you, do you remember in Chinese Super Gang when when that guy's smashing that dude's head and it's just a watermelon oh, yeah. painted black? Oh yeah. Yeah, high tech. He goes and it's a guy standing in there, and then they cut, and he's and he's smashing a watermelon that they've just painted black. <laughs> That's a straight up trauma special effect. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They use a honeydew melon that they used to stuff with hamburger, and now it's uh, cranberries and stuff <laughs> for Thanksgiving. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Happy That's Thanksgiving. <laughs> Screw you, sea lion. Whoops. That sounds like some sea lions getting after it. <laughs> Screw you, sea lions. Maybe we should just let them finish. They'll yeah. be happier. <laughs> All right. What else we got? I got one last thing. The okay. Apocalypse TV studio birth. That is a really intense scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> And it, it looks like something out of like the late 60s in that TV studio with all the lights the going lights. and everything. It's yeah. super the, vibrant colors. I had that wrote down too. It's like, man, what a <laughs> crappy light show. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the kind of thing you would have been bummed if that was your high school senior prom, the way that those lights were going. I just love the fact too that when Sally shows up and she's blind and stumbling around and, and he's like, She's blind. I'm like, yeah, but she's not deaf. She can find you if you just keep talking. <laughs> they always have to do that in movies, though. Whenever some kind of like killer or what have you is blinded, they have to make some kind of a noise and then be like, oh, yeah, that's right. And then they have to kind of slink away and try and be quiet. It's, it's almost a way to drive it home to the audience of they can't see, but they can still hear. I really like the climax of this movie because, uh, well, much like the other movie, too, is they just... I think they end exactly where you expect them to, except for the, you know, the first movie. I like how it cuts to credits and then it still keeps going. Right. Um, <laughs> this one, I, I just, I, I do like that the scenery changed just enough where they're in that studio and stuff. But no, uh, I mean, that's pretty much all I have for uh, demons too. I got, uh, you know, Bobby Rhodes being dejunked, man. That's pretty rough. <laughs> oh, I want to pretend like that didn't happen. <laughs> Let go of my nuts. <laughs> Holy shit, I need that later. <laughs> <laughs> and then again, like I said, for me, it's it's all about that scene of her running on the TVs, even though the body is laying there and you see the TVs come on. And it's like trying to start the whole thing over because initially that's how this started in this movie was it came through the TV screen at first. So, uh, again, the effects are fantastic. Both of these movies are great to have as a set. You can't go wrong with either one of them. Lots of fun, man. I love them. I got nothing, man. I mean, you got the the you've got the whole effect that Videodrome used with them coming out of there. I like the movie and a movie thing is back. Yep. Um but it, you know, something about it it, it doesn't have the, the originality of the first one obviously. And you know, it's, it it makes up for it with some really interesting stuff, but more it's it's more of a comedy in in a way. Like the stuff that I that I picked up on in it were more funny. In the first one, they were more visceral. Right. I really, um, I really like, you know, the fact we were talking about the soundtrack earlier. 
you know, we have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Morrissey and stuff. I think the I like the first soundtrack better, obviously, but I think this one fit this movie real well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, changing the time and, and the way that they were living, the, the atmosphere of where they were at, all the, you know, the neon lighting and all that stuff. I, I, I think you're right. I think it works with the time period that they were showcasing here, so... It's, we never mentioned the leather-clad kids that were in the car on their way home from the taco concert either. Oh yeah, <laughs> taco. Well, and that's kind of similar to the to the interlude in the other one where there's just a group of kids. It's like, oh, we got to have that part. It felt very recycled. Yeah. Yeah. The part that the, the thing that's funny about those kids though is they all are in like these like gaudy leather outfits. And it's like, where are you coming from that you're dressed like that? Like, it, the only logical place is a taco concert, Absolutely. right? I mean, that's that's Good the only moments. way they could be dressed like that. <laughs> they're, they're hanging out with Jesse at that bar, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. <laughs> gotta dance. Gotta <laughs> dance. <laughs> I say it's raiding time. You say, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> woo. Hey, kids, it's raiding time. <laughs> All right. Who wants to me go first, first? Me first. Okay. I'm going to go first. I give this movie 12 Boglins. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I give it 15 very dangerous uh, car park fires. <laughs> Burn that I stuff. It, <laughs> I give it six smashed TV stu- studio monitors. And... I say I give it uh, 15. This would be a different movie if the girl was pregnant by a fat guy because they would have tried near as hard. <laughs> like if it was King of Queens, like Kevin James trying to rescue her. Right. <laughs> this oh. movie ended a whole lot sooner if it wasn't some guy that was super fit that could climb up an elevator shelf. You're not getting the rascal scooter past those demons. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so just to give it a, a rundown, Demons 2, we got, it went all over the place. We got Bobby Rhodes' Region Watch movie. We got Pregnant Yoga. We got Sally <laughs> and her birthday, and she can cry if she wants to. We've got a car escape scene that doesn't work out quite so well. We've got the happy birthday singing the song when it starts to get slower, and I agree, that's pretty damn fun. Um, we've got uh, the secret xenomorph power of their blood to get through uh, levels of, of flooring, but only from Sally, apparently, and only in part two. Um, <laughs> we've got the, the Boglin attack scene. We've got a possessed dog that goes along with that Boglin attack scene. They're they're kind of they're kind of hand in hand or claw in claw or hoof to mouth or something. Uh, we've got <laughs> the demons coming through the TV. We've got Sally rappelling down the side of the building, unfortunately, into a pipe, you know, letting off <laughs> some steam. And uh, then we've got the apocalypse rebirth in the studio, which is uh, it's like a, a bad scene from a bad 80s movie or maybe a good scene from a mediocre 80s movie. I'm not sure. <laughs> and then we've got Rick, who said it was a shame when Bobby Rhodes got dejunked. <laughs> it's a crying shame. We did talk about stuff past that, but but it was it was all over the place and it was all good stuff. I just wanted to run it down. <laughs> And that's how it happens here on the Hell Ming Thanksgiving special. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I'll get it right here. Oh, we forgot. Brian Blessed. <laughs> Chuck Mangione? What's going on over there? <laughs> I gave you Mangione. <laughs> All right, Brian Blessed. What do you think of Demons 2? I 
<laughs> now you uh, get the turkey. Now I get the turkey. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll be right back. Are you looking to get a good workout? Are you looking to get a little escort of work? Welcome to Hank and Tony's gym and escort service emporium. Either way, you can get pumped, whether it's up or to dump. Come on down to Hank and Tony's gym and escort service emporium. Whether you're looking for a good workout or a hot date, come to Hank and Tony's gym and escort service emporium. Either way, you're going to burn off all those calories. And don't forget to use our promo code. Holy shit, he's a friend of mine. For 20% off either your membership or your good time. <laughs> this is ABC News Nightline. Reporting from Washington, Ted Koppel. I'm Ted Koppel, and this is Nightline. Tonight, we're talking to Bobby Rhodes, an Italian actor much like the equivalent to our own Samuel L. Jackson. Bobby starred in two Italian horror films, Demons and Demons 2. We sat down with Bobby to talk to him and ask him about those great films. Bobby, it's great to have you here. Thanks, Ted. It's, it's great to be here. Tell us, Bobby, in Demons, what was your character's main purpose? Taking fine-ass girls to the movies. I understand one of these fine-ass girls became a demon. How did that happen? My friend put on that damn mask and scratched herself and became a damn demon. I told her to leave that alone. After that occurred in the theater, what happened next? Well, we started kicking open the damn doors and smashing everything in the theater. You later were attacked by a demon. Tell us what happened, Bobby. Man, I gave this fool a knife and I said, you got to cut her. Cut her. Well, a demon got my leg. And I grabbed that knife, and I was like the OJs, man. I was doing some backstabbing. Well, I understand you returned for the sequel, but as a different character. Yes, Ted. I was running that damn gym when the lights went out. Man, them demons came out of nowhere. How did you defend yourself? <laughs> By literally throwing my weight around. I noticed there you were trapped behind bars. Man, there was this damn cage. So I whipped it, whipped it good. With a damn weight bar. Nothing happened. That didn't work, did it? So what did you do next? I threw a damn potty plant at it. You seen the damn film? <laughs> but then we went down to the garage, right? Well, we had to block the door to keep them damn demons out. I said, get those car seats out and put them over there by the door and set them on fire. But that was a mistake. Because about a few seconds later, I said, we need to put out that fire or we're going to suffocate. Bobby, tell us, how did you meet your demise in this film? Oh, it's a very painful death. 
When it all came down to it, they got me by the damn balls. Ouch. Not a pretty way to go, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. You're welcome, Ted. On that note, we give it back to the boys from Helming. This has been Nightline, and I'm Ted Koppel. Good night, everybody. This has been Nightline. For a printed transcript, please send $3 to 267 Broadway, New York, New York, 1007. Nightline is a presentation of ABC News. Okie doke, folks. That's it for us. Glad you could join with us. Hope you have a fantastic holiday. Spend some time with your family or whatnot. Just don't do any work. That's the main thing. Eat a bunch of food. Take a bunch of naps. Listen to some helming. Enjoy yourselves, folks. That's the main thing. And we want to say thanks to our buddies for coming and hanging out with us, man. Johnny Krug, appreciate you coming on, buddy. Yeah, it was awesome being on here. It was cool talking to uh, Court for the first time on, on a show. Yeah. Yeah, he seemed pretty awesome, I have to say. We'll have to have him back for sure. Court, thanks for coming on, buddy. Yeah, and Johnny was not good to talk to you for the first time, and Ricky and Danny, actually. Thanks for having me, guys. This was a blast, and uh, anytime any of you guys want me on your show, just let me know. I'm always going to be a whore for guesting. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead and plug your show a little bit, man. Yeah, Cinema PsyOps, uh, we do... Once a week, we do a podcast every week. Um, We're basically experimenting on the mind of an unwilling test subject, forcing him to watch films that traumatized either myself or a guest every week uh, as a little kid watching the show or or watching a movie way too young. Uh, We do that like kind of biweekly where we have a bring your own cinematic trauma and we have a guest on that talks about a film that they saw at far too young of an age. And then we also are trying to catch up this horror novice, my my co-host, Matt, who has literally seen nothing. Up until we started the show, he had never even seen like Motel Hell or even The Burning, you know, which everybody's wow. like, oh, man, you should have seen that. Yeah. So we do another series called Remedial Horror where we force Matt to watch it. And I make him take the notes and try and judge what makes this a horror movie that people should have seen by now. So that kind of alternates every other week with those two. Yep. Awesome show. I I really enjoy it. Believe it or not, back in the summer, I was listening a lot while mowing the yard. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about uh, myself coming on the show and talking about some stuff that messed me up as a kid. And we need to get Danny to come on your show sometime and talk about the whiz. Absolutely. Yeah, you're all three. You're all three officially welcome on the show. I would love to have you guys all guest. And if you. And if the whiz really did traumatize you, Danny, that's a story I got to hear. <laughs> well, you know, I think the whiz traumatized everyone. <laughs> he's on down. He's on down the road. No, no. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's Cinema PsyOps. You can find us uh, in uh, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Google Play, or you can just go to Podbean, which is cinemapsyops.podbean.com for our, our podcast. And thank you so much for those kind words. It makes doing the show worthwhile to hear a show that I absolutely love, you know, Hail Big. And Ricky, you telling me that you love my show, too. It's it's awesome. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Hey, that's truth is truth, man. Same thing with Kruger Nation. <laughs> that's how he hooked up with Johnny. Yeah, I was super excited definitely. to go meet him when we went to Texas because I was like, man, this guy's like, you know, royalty to me. So that's cool, man. <laughs> it's, I, I meant it when that'll I be the it. first and last time that's ever been uttered. <laughs> I meant it when I said it that I felt like I was, you know, the opening act being invited on stage for one song with the true stars of the night. So, (laughs) 
But I like feel I that said, every time. You can you can always change your mind. So. <laughs> All right, well, guys. that's just how I'm gonna feel. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> All right, for myself and for Danny and for Court and for Johnny, we want to say Happy Thanksgiving. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time. Everybody, say goodbye. Woo. Bye. <laughs> That season is upon us, and it begs the question, how do I survive awkward conversations and random family at the Thanksgiving dinner table? We've put together a few helpful tips to help you with these gatherings, no matter what your circumstances. Food. It's always good not to force one household to come up with all the fixings. So people should bring offerings. In Ming's palace, the ice jewel is impressive. But it won't fill Prince Thun's warriors. So how about a casserole, Voltan? Something everyone can dig into. And how about the arguments? How do you handle them diplomatically? A duel to the death, of course. Break out the old gladiator platform and get to it. This doubles as entertainment for the gathered masses. And bonus, the argument actually has a winner for once. If you're looking for alternative entertainment, though, you can always pop in the Hail Ming Power Hour on our easy, free methods to play. Legion Podcasts, iTunes, Podbean. Or you can put in our Thanksgiving mix of Hail Ming Power Hour movies. Sure to entertain all. Oh, I'm excited about this one. Ernest Goes to Camp? Ernest Scared Stupid. How about Ernest Goes to Jail? How about Ernest Saves Christmas? Slam Dunk Ernest. Or episodes of Hey Vern, It's Ernest. And Shawshank Redemption. Thanks for listening. And we hope you have a safe and happy Thanksgiving holiday. <laughs> Go ahead.